to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. What a chaotic uh, night against uh, Tottenham. Uh, the lads are laughing about it. But <laughs> it, was, it was an exciting game. It was very, very funny. Um, p- perhaps not so funny for us at, at, at the halftime. But anyway, let's just introduce you to the guys that we've got here on the pod. Um, the first one we've got... Is Bernard? Bernard, how are you doing? I'm I'm fine, mate. Yeah, as I say, it was this time. What time is it now? Yeah, this time last night, I, I was sort of uh, looking forward to it, and 45 minutes later, it uh, all seemed to have gone to pot. And I, I actually, at one stage, turned to my lad and said, uh, "It's like watching Stuart Pearce's City. This at what that first half, it it wasn't great to watch, but uh, it all worked out in the end." It all came out in the wash, and we've also got the star of the show. It's Ray. Ray, thank you, thank you so much for for being here. And uh, how are you? Fe- how, how are your feelings? Are you feeling um, quite positive? I am very, very good. But guys, you know my humility will not allow you to call me the star of the show. Big star, I'll accept, but not just not just plain star of the show. Um, oh, just just the big star. Okay, okay. Uh, Prince, you used to call me Prince Nassim. I was all right. Uh, but he's he's a fat lad these days as well, isn't he? Anyway, <laughs> but I'm not, obviously we come back to win. Never doubted them for a second, me. Never doubted them for a second that we'd we'd turn it all around. Always had faith in Pep. Let's uh, go to Twitter, guys, and check race posts at halftime in that game. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I did post and you'll know that this was a shit performance and Harlem was playing shit or some words to that effect because we were awful. I think Bernard's alluded to, to that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't know, guys. Uh, sometimes it takes us to uh, to go a goal or two down be- before it brings a performance out of us, before Pep can get a tune out of us. We'll talk much about that later. But let's talk about the, uh, the lineups because we always um, like to do that. And we always like to know um, what Bernard was thinking before this particular game. So, uh, Bernard, um, let me just um, hop over uh, to the lineup. So here we go. So we had Ederson, uh, Rico Lewis, John Stones, Akanji, Ake, Rodrigo, Gunduan, Grealish, Mares. Alvarez and Holland, and then on the bench we had Ortega, Kyle Walker, Ruben Diaz, who made a 
a little appearance right at the end. Calvin Phillips, Cancelo, Laporte, De Bruyne on the bench, Bernardo on the bench, Foden on the bench. Okay, uh, Bernard, what did you think? Uh, well, I don't know what I'm doing, mate. I only, I only got seven right, and uh, I don't. I'm not surprised really when you think of Bernardo, Foden, KDB all on the bench. Add to that. Uh, Walker, perhaps Diaz was due a return. Perhaps it was too soon, but yeah, I mean, I had, I had, um, I didn't have Lewis in my team only because I thought he might rest him. Uh, I didn't have a Kanji, and I thought he might rest him. I didn't have. I don't. Having looked at it now, I thought, why didn't I have Aki in? But I thought he'd give Cancelo a try. But he has really fallen out with him, hasn't he? So I don't think Cancelo's getting anywhere near that team at the moment until perhaps uh, Arsenal at home in the FA Cup, and even then, I doubt it. And I didn't. I didn't go for Alvarez because I didn't think Alvarez and Haaland had played together. So yeah, a disappointing seven. But uh, yeah, I think people would be hard pushed uh, to get to get many of them right last night on the teams I I saw leading up to it. Anyway. Yeah, let's go over to Ray. Just uh, Ray, looking at the Tottenham uh, lineup. So we had Lloris, uh, Hugo Lloris, who, who's been dropping clangers all over the place. Emerson, uh, Dyer, that's never, never impressed me. I don't know why. Uh, Romero, uh, Davis, uh, and he will be, I'm sure he will be sticking a picture of Riyad Mahrez to his uh, his mirror every day of the week after this game. Hoiberg, the nasty piece of work that he is. Perisic, again, roasted and roasted down that wing. One player that I do like is Ben Tankur. Uh, I quite like him. Then we have um, Son Heung-min. He's the scourge of Man City. We hate that little <laughs> bugger. Um, Kane and Kulosevsky. On the bench, they had Forster, Sanchez, Doherty, Sesenyong, Tanganga, Matar, Sar, uh, Clement Longley, who used to play for Barcelona, Bissouma, who was like, you know, the toast of the town last season. And then, of course, uh, the uh, blonde-haired, dyed Rich Harlison. Um, Ray, when you think about that lineup, were you 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 thinking they were going to do a number on us? Well, uh, no, I said, I, if you do remember last uh, the last part, I said City, I guaranteed a City win. Uh, so I was still confident of that, obviously. It was a, I mean, looking at the two lineups, ours was um, <laughs> bereft of some of our star names. You know, everybody wants KDB, Foden, Bernardo Silva. People want Laporte, Walker, Cancelo. You know, there was a, a lot of big names not starting. Um, and then for Spurs, yeah, you... Ray, where, where did you think Grealish was going to play in this setup? Where, where did you think he was going to play in the middle like I did? <laughs> Right, uh, I, I had some uh, crazy ideas, not as crazy as Pep, obviously. I thought we might play three at the back because I thought, hey, look, we got Lewis. Uh, sorry, we'd have Stones at right, Aki at left, Kanji in the middle. And we might play two players in front of them. And that's Rico Lewis and um, um, Rodri. And then I thought we might play three in front of them. Gunduan, was it Gunduan? And then you'd have on the left, you'd have uh, Grealish. On the right, you'd have Mares, and up front, you'd have two players. I thought, we, could we play 4-2-4? There's all sorts of things that went through my mind because I was trying to think, how can you squeeze four players into three spots? Because we've got Grealish, Haaland, 
uh, Mares and and um, Alvarez. How can we squeeze them into three uh, into into three spots? But I didn't know Pep was going to do that. So I, I honestly did not expect um, Grealish not to play on the left. But then that still puzzled me because then I expected Mares to play on the right. So even now, after I saw what happened, I still think, wow, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's um, uh, turn to uh, Bernard. So, Bernard, both teams coming off a loss. City losing the derby 2-1 to United with that um, that obviously piece of referee corruption. Uh, as, uh, Spurs were beaten 2-0 by Arsenal, our rivals. Uh, five changes to Man City. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Alvarez coming in, Rico Lewis, John Stones, Gundogan. Uh, Grealish, and obviously all of these big stars on the bench. Uh, the City fans were howling, Bernard. Uh, Walker, Cancelo, Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Phil Foden on the bench. Um, uh, Spurs uh, brought in Perisic. We got a, a good look at him um, for the first time, I think, uh, for a while. Ben Tancur, Ben Davis, poor Ben Davis, Emer- Emerson Royale. And uh, Clement Longley, and uh, it was it was it, it was a very very interesting um, set of decisions from both managers. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing is, I, th- I was very unimpressed with Spurs. I mean they were not very Spursy that we're used to, but obviously we're seeing the Conte effect, aren't we, with, with this uh, Tottenham team? Because I just thought I thought they were very poor. Uh, overall in that first half and it's only the fact we obviously uh, late in the first half we'll talk about it gave, gave him the chance I just apart from that uh, an Harry Kane thing obviously that Aki managed to get his head to I, I just thought he was playing Conte was playing just very defensively and he was saying come on City you try and open us up and we just didn't have the ability or or the pace and it was all again very deliberate wasn't it we were very deliberate everything was thinking rather than just getting on with it and we just couldn't find a, a, a way through through Spurs who were not playing out of the skins but just, just doing it off you know you weren't uh, running around like scalded cats they were just comfortable I thought Spurs were comfortable and we just looked a bit tepid um, Ray um, happy birthday to Pep He he's now our age officially well not exactly because he just turned 52 I'm 53 you're 54 but we're we're all in the same ballpark, but that was kind of like a um, a, a very interesting uh, thing that he said before the game. Uh, he was asked for his um, uh, his comments, and he said Rico Lewis has played really well. He reads the positions, and that's why he's selected. It's a big responsibility. He'll play against uh, Song Hyung Min, Kulusevski, and uh, Harry Kane, but it's the perfect choice tonight. Yeah, uh, that seemed a little bit overconfident. Well, no, I feel, look, Pepper, I think he also said at some point somewhere that he's played against, you know, Chelsea. Uh, at, uh, who else he played against? Liverpool. Uh, and a game in the Champions League, I think. And he's done, uh, was it Dortmund? And he's done all right there. So, you know, he's he's played some against some big teams and he's come out on top. So, um, you know, I think that's, that confidence wasn't um, misplaced. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the kid's looking fantastic. You know, obviously, we just want him to keep on playing and getting better and better and better. 
Um, but I, I think it's like um, when Phil Foden came into the team, he'll be he'll be in and out, in and out. And you know, there'll be games where we think, no, why, why is he being dropped for this? But you just can't let him play all the games. You know, Carl Walker might start crying for one. Um, but um, he's he's got to be treated carefully. He's only eight, 18 years old. I don't know if you knew, knew that already, Mike. Um, just 18. And um, he's got a long, long future ahead of him at City. And, and I think the trajectory he's on, if uh, Walker doesn't pull his finger out of his backside, um, Walker's going to be, you know, um, cleaning his um, Lewis's boots next season because uh, Lewis is on, on, you know, the way he's, he's playing at the moment. He's got no fear. He doesn't really make mistakes. And he's looking fantastic. Uh, Bernard, do you share the same um, sort of confidence about Rico Lewis? Absolutely, he's, he's, a, he's a breath of fresh air as far as uh, pace and, and attitude. And uh, we we said that what did he do? What had he done wrong to the Spurs play, especially that Hodge, Hodgeberg, whatever they call him? I mean, they yeah. were kicking it to pieces. I mean, the the poor lad, you know, he must be he must be full of bruises this morning. I have no idea what he'd done to upset him, but and of course Pep had a bit of a dig, uh, sort of sounded out the other guys for not sort of sticking up for him. But, I mean, I don't think he was worried about that. He just bounced up every time he got fouled. He just bounced up, got up, and got on with it. And this is what we like to see for 18. Uh, yeah, you think about when Foden come into the team and Palmer. Uh, to me, Lewis, Lewis is looking absolutely as good, if not better, at that age in the role he's playing. It's a totally different role, of course. But uh, there was even a cracking shot, wasn't there, last night that he... That was glanced and Larice managed to save, which was a miracle in itself. So he's even willing to have a pot, uh, a punt every now and then. So no, I was, I've been very, very impressed. And if Pep said he's, he's come in and Walker's uh, on, the, Walker's going to have to uh, up, up his up his play, isn't he? Let's be honest about it. Otherwise, he'll, he'll never get a look in now for the next uh, couple of years. Uh, Ray, uh, it was it's quite funny actually. Um, uh, Bernard mentioned, you know, players looking after each other, the, all this kind of stuff that we've heard before. But we did have a good laugh on Twitter, um, thinking about what would have happened if Nigel de Jong had been on the pitch. That would have been something funny, wouldn't it? Well, now, now, Nigel de Jong would have protected the kid. Uh, he'd have stuck it to the Spurs players, which we needed to do. You know, uh, um, they were sticking it to us. You know, and we were backing off. And we just needed that little bit of anger, that little bit of dark arts, that little bit of dirtiness that maybe, you know, someone like Nigel de Jong might have brought, someone like Fernandinho might have brought. We just needed someone to stick the boot and give it back to Spurs because I think that's, that's I think a few people have said that's been lacking, that ruthlessness, um, that desire to, to stick your boot in. Um, and kick the other team around as well. You know, don't just let them kick us. I, I don't think uh, uh, Nigel De Jong would have taken any prisoners last night. Um, Bernard, there was a very, very, very funny tweet that shows the arrogance of the Tottenham supporters before this game. It's from the Tottenham Independent Transfer Stories uh, Twitter account. And it's, they... it's, it spells tits. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they said, uh, Bernard, in the interests of safety, I propose we forego the customary six points we take off Man City every season. A little bit arrogant, don't you think? Well, I, I honestly think, I mean, I, I think yesterday was the first time I didn't bump into a, to a 
Tottenham fan giving it out. I mean, they're just so full of themselves. They always have been, uh, and they're you know good dating back to the to you know the seventies and eighties. You know, they, they won they won a bit more then, but I mean, so they could have a little bit of arrogance. But I mean, it's never it never changes. They're, they're, they're still arrogant. Uh, not my favourite fans, as you probably know over the years. Uh, I still still hurt from eighty one, and it's sort of how many years ago is that? Thirty one years now, thirty two years oh. even. So. Oh. Yeah, they're not lacking in arrogance, and the, the the laughable thing is they have no reason to be arrogant. That's the that, that's the thing. It's it's pretty pathetic, really. But it's mm-hmm. forty years, Bernard. Eighty one was 40, yeah. Sorry, forty two years. Yeah, sorry, mate. Forty. If you go yeah. back, if you go I, back, I, I, I wish we were younger. I wish we were younger than I am, mate. I'm I'm getting old now. But if you go back sixty years, sixty years is what you're going to go back to. The last time Spurs won the league. Mm-hmm. All right, so Bernard, let's talk about how Man City opened up in the first half. What did you think? Were you um, were uh, like in in the in the words of um, of um, the gladiator? Were you not impressed? Not really. No, I mean, I was, I was quite surprised when I looked at the timeline on on the. On, on one of the sites I look at and the fact we had a, a couple of chances obviously I knew about Ireland late on etc but I was surprised we did have those chances because I just, I just didn't feel anything was happening and I just didn't feel uh, as I say Tottenham were comfortable didn't have, they didn't have to do anything because we, we're not really threatening, uh, we had plenty of movement but we're, we're not, not really you know Lloris is one of these goalkeepers for me now is just he's, he's past his sell by date psychologically mentally He's struggling, and I, I think he's retired from international football. I seriously think Tottenham should get themselves another goalkeeper, and we should be peppering him. I mean, a goalie like you know, we should have upped the pace and been been throwing the shots in as we've done before with Larice. We've done it all other seasons, has not been successful, but at least we've had a go. And we know we know he's a, he's a weakness, he's a weakness in the Tottenham team, and we should have took more advantage. But I, I'm talk, probably talking 25, 30 minutes before. City had a, 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 at least a half decent chance. Uh, Ray, let's talk about the meat shield just for um, a few seconds. He had a few sharp chances, I thought, in the first half. I don't think they were sharp chances. I think they were bloody good chances. Um, There's a beautiful ball by Nathan Aki playing at left back over the, uh, was it Emerson Royale? Uh, I don't know. It was over the uh, one of the defenders for Spurs. And it was inch perfect, right uh, into the feet of Haaland, who was chasing onto it. And he just um, basically, um, big four apart from him, uh, he didn't really know what he was doing. He never really got set. He went uh, sort of around uh, Lloris and them. Um, and I think the ch- chance was gone, and it was it was pretty disappointing that he had another one. Cross came in from the right. I think it was Mahrez, if I can remember correctly. Um, and Lloris came out. He did an Edison. He come running out into no man's, no man's land to punch in, um, and Haaland was there way before him. Haaland, I think, jumped up a little bit too soon. He didn't get enough hang time, and he headed over the bar, and all he really had to do uh, was head it into the ground because uh, you had um, you had Lloris flying in the air in no man's land, and he just, you know, head it into the ground, it would have gone in, and uh, we, you know, we would have got, uh, on chances, a deserved lead. You know, on on um, quality play, we were shocking. Uh, Spurs were no better, um, but I think we'd have deserved it. As I said, just by creating those two, in my opinion, 
reasonably clear-cut chances. Uh, Bernard, I'm going to give a shout-out about one particular player that we've not really given that much um, props to uh, so far this season, but he looked absolutely fabulous, in my opinion, was Nathan Ake. What did you think about him? Well, I mean, he never lets us down, mate, does he? We've talked about Nathan Ake lots and lots of times. He's playing out of position. He's not the biggest lad. I say he had that chance early on where he could see uh, Harry Kane lining up to, to volley it at the far post and, and Aki just stretched out a little bit with his, his five foot six frame and uh, managed to, to head it out for a corner and, and you could just see Kane's face. He was totally shocked. He didn't expect him to get anywhere near it. He just goes about his business. He just goes about his business. Uh, yes, I, I have. I can go back to, to the odd game now and then where he's made errors and, he, and he's cost us, but they're very few and far between. You know, they're sort of in uh, dim and distant past at the moment. He's doing some great stuff. I, I have nothing wrong with Aki. I think he's 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 one of our. You know, as a centre back, he's, he's he's excellent, and as a as a left back, he's not he's not half bad. I I, yeah. I don't know if you're talking there, Bernard Collin, him saying he was five foot six. Yeah, no, he's joking. he's he's quite a bit taller than that, actually, guys. Um, in in stuff like this, details matter, and every inch counts. No, he's 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 about six feet tall. Um, uh, what what do you reckon, Ray? The bright blue rude hullet. What do you think about this guy? <laughs> uh, my, I can't. I was about to say something that which I can't say. Uh, political correctness will get the pod shut down uh, for, from that for that comment. But um, didn't uh, rude hullet have a tash? He did. He did do. Yeah. Um, he shaved it off before he came to Chelsea, though. But he had a nice. Was it, did he have a perm as well? I don't think Aki's got a, a perm. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Um, Rudhul had the full, you know, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he, you know, the hairdo and everything. But I'll go. I'll echo what Bernard said. I mean, I, I've been, you know, shouting Aki's praises this season. I said he's when he's played it, even last season, um, <coughs> which second season with us. I think his first season, I was a little bit concerned. With some of his control, um, and he was basically one-footed. But last season, he grew into his role. He was one of our uh, probably the best left-sided centre back we had last season, uh, far better than Laporte. And when he's played left back, generally he's not let us down. He's been a calming influence at the back. Uh, so I've been very impressed with what he's doing, and he's not let the fact that people called him the fifth-choice centre back. Affect him, you know. We had Diaz, we had Stonesy, we had uh, Laporte. Everybody said they were ahead of him. Um, this, you know, people thought when we got Kanji, he'd be ahead of him. But Aki's just gone about his business, and he's done it really, really well. So I'm really pleased for him. And I think, you know, from the if you want a defensive-minded left back, far better than Cancelo. And I don't, he's not going to dribble, he's not going to sprint and put great crosses in like Cancelo. But the pass to Haaland showed that he's got a little bit about him. Um, and he, he's got a little bit of vision. And, and that was, uh, in, in terms of creativity, that was great. He's, I don't think he's going to do two or three passes like that every game. But every now and again, he'll do something like that. But for me, you know, I'm a boring old so-and-so at times. I want defenders to defend and defend well. And he does that. Oh, he's a he's a great player. I think he's a Rolls-Royce of a player. But, um, um, Bernard, um, as the half... Uh, Weared on, uh, Spurs on began or... uh, uh, as they uh, progressed. I beg your pardon. Um, they were growing into the game a little bit, Bernard. 
Well, a little bit, but I won't, I won't say that. I just I think they only got into the game because of, of our inadequacies, as simple as that. I don't remember too much uh, that Spurs did. I'm looking back through the timeline now, and apart from obviously when we get to the 43rd minute where, where Ireland misses that header, and then after that it, it sort of goes downhill very quickly for City. But nah, I don't I don't think they were. I don't think I don't. I think they were quite happy. They were happy at nil nil. They were happy with what the job they'd done. And I said, apart from that Kane chance that Aki had cut out, I, I don't remember too much from Spurs. And I, I, I could see a nil-nil all day long for half-time, the way it was going. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Ray, let's talk about Ederson. 44th minute. Bit of a disaster. Oh, you're telling me. Look, we've got to expect this from Ederson from time to time. Brain parts. Um you take big risks. I mean, a lot of the passes we do around the back, we're taking a lot of risks with them. And occasionally, something's going to go wrong. You know, it's like a comedian who takes risks with his jokes. Occasionally, you'll go a step too far. And Edison went a step too far. He gave Rodri a horrible pass. And City players being City players, we didn't want to give that ball away, you know. Uh, the easy solution for Rodri when he gets a pass when there's a player right up his jacksie, just leather it out, blast it back uh, over the goal line for a corner or something if you're under that much pressure. It was a bit disappointing that he just uh, passed it sideways to a Spurs player. Uh, he's under pressure. As I said, he could have just leathered that straight out of the pitch for a corner. There's night stopping him. But, you know, the pass was... was pretty... So Edison's pass to him was really poor, put him under pressure, and his decision-making uh, was poor as well, you know, uh, I'm always um, I'm a great advocate of safety first, if the ball isn't on the pitch, they ain't going to score, and that's how I, I look at it, uh, and Rodri gave the ball away, and uh, was it Kulusevski, just rolled it past Edison Edison had no chance, and then Edison had the temerity to start lambasting Rodri for his pass and it was Edison's mm. hospital pass, you know, that put uh, Rodri in, the, in in trouble in the first place. So, look, you've got to take rough with the smooth with Edison. Generally, you know, his his passing ability, short and long, and his calmness and control far outweigh the cock-ups that you see from him. But, you know, there's been there was one last week when he come running out. There's been a few. There's been a few that you've got to start, you know, worry a little bit about. But we get this every season with Edison. As long as he's not doing it every other game, you just accept it and move on. And you know, you if you dance with the devil a little bit too often, uh, sometimes he'll bite you in the backside. <laughs> that was uh, quite funny from uh, Ray that line. It, it, it's like straight out of uh, Jose Mourinho's uh, playbook. If if the ball is not on the pitch, then they cannot score. No, um, uh, Bernard. Um, uh, uh, Ederson did come out on Twitter and and say make make a little comment by saying that um, yeah I I I I walk a tight line but um, I've got to do this because this is the way that I play but I don't think I think Ray's exactly right I don't think there's anything uh, Bernard that Rodri could have done about that. No, he got a foot on it, and that's the best he could do. It, as, as Ray said, there it was a hospital ball, wasn't it? We used to call it in the old days. I suppose we still call it that. It was just, 
It's interesting enough, um, if you look at Rodri's movement, uh, Edison could have sort of played it more to his left and it would have been yeah. fine. But he sort of played, but he just didn't play because he misplaced his pass by about a yard or a couple of yards. Uh, and if he'd done it, if he'd done it more to his left, he would have been fine. He would have been out. We were able to get out with it. But uh, yeah, all all Edison that Rod, there's not a lot Rodri could do. He managed to get a toe on it, but unlike what we're going to talk about in a minute with Mr. John Stones, he didn't have really the ability to get any real power on it. So that put us one uh, one nil down, guys. Just coming up to half time. Uh, it was interesting to see a freshly shaven um, Pep. Or, or on the touchline, he um, obviously his wife had been on to him and got him to, you know, clean himself up a little bit. He looked nice and smooth, but he was on his haunches there. He was absolutely uh, nonplussed by that. And then Bernard, and then they go and score a second, <laughs> and that was unbelievable. Bernard, tell me what happened there. Well, it's a bit of a crash bang wallop. I mean, Spurs had livened up. They were one nil up. Uh, I think the ball was down there, and and he, he very quickly got it forward, uh, and obviously it ended up with Harry Kane being challenged by John Stones, and John Stones, obviously naturally right footed. If he'd been left footed, he would have probably uh, well had it back up the pitch, but obviously he sort of cut across. He had a couple of yards on Kane, but Kane soon caught him up. And rather than rosette it, which we always uh, we know City players don't do it. We, that's not how we play the game. Uh, John Stones managed to put it out to the wing, but unfortunately it fell. I'm not sure if the Spurs played on the wing who picked it up over there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, as from there, we'll perhaps go over to Ray as it as he yeah, finishes off. But uh, yeah, I think John, 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 yeah, sorry, I'll let you finish it off. Right, OK, so it goes over to the wing. Uh, Akis gets taken out. Kane carries on, left on his own. And he's playing, the, the winger plays a nice through ball. And Rod, Rodri goes over to challenge Kane. And it's one of the weakest, limpest challenges I've seen. Kane just slides it past him. And, of course, he, he manages to stand back up, gets his crossing. Edison is expecting the ball to be played uh, back across and he's slightly out of position he's at, his arms are in the wrong position all he manages to do is sort of palm it into the air and of course uh, is it Emerson Emerson was there to, to nod him from, from the ricochet and you know yes blame, blame on Edison but I, I put most of the blame on the fact that Stones didn't clear it properly in the first place and the fact that Rodri was just so so weak in the challenge on Harry Kane Ray, 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 that was weird watching Harry Kane block tackle Rodri. Well, yeah, you know, it was Keystone Cops-ish, you know. It was it was mistake after mistake. So you got the John Stones uh, error. Um, Rodri's Rodri was piss poor. There's no other way to put that. That Kane does this sliding tackle and, and controls the ball, and Rodri just dis- ends up disappearing. I couldn't believe it. And, it, and, gets up, and he leathers it. He absolutely leathered it. Um, I think, uh, as Bernard said, I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I'm not in the goalkeepers' union. I don't know uh, about Edison's uh, position, but he comes straight at him from not too uh, far away. Um, I'm not sure he could have done much about, uh, with it. We had a couple of players around him, but Emerson was the first one to the react, get to the ball, headed it in, and it was like it was like slow motion. It was surreal watching that go in. It's like you couldn't believe it was happening. You know, it's like against United where. 
we're in the game, we, we, we you know, United, we're winning, and then they scored two goals very quickly. And same with Spurs, two goals very quickly. I think Pep was extremely annoyed about that uh, second goal because it, we just fell apart. We just said, come on, Spurs, you know, spank our bottoms. And they, they did, they, you know. Um, so that, that was, it was disappointing. And yeah, you know, the the, 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 the fans weren't happy. Look, I'm going to move on to what happened just before halftime or halftime. They got booed off, but it wasn't, there's lots of different theories about this. It's, you know, they've been on the radio talk shows as well. I heard one City fan said they were booing the ref, which I thought was uh, quite true. Because he deserved a few brickbats because he was awful. You know, uh, Rico Lewis was getting booted about um, and uh, not no yellow cards early in the game. Mares did this. He was trying to get out of the way of the tackle and the player ran across him and, and caught Mares actually. And Mares gets a yellow card for that. It, it was crazy. So I think some of the fans were booing the, the ref. I'd already tweeted when it was nil-nil. I put a few tweets out saying that we were rubbish. You know, um, I think my uh, my words uh, were, were a bit stronger than that. But and, and I said this, you know, I, w- I was not happy um, because we had offered very, very little, apart from the two chances for Haaland. We'd offered very little. We had no passion, no intensity, no desire. Um, Spurs were pressing us and we were just content with being pressed and I didn't understand that you know we decide if you go back four or five seasons and, and this is one of the issues we've got as well we're not as good at getting out of the press as we used to be you know, everybody everybody can remember that game against Arsenal when we beat them on a Thursday night after the uh, League Cup final 3-0 at their place and the third goal about, was it like 45 passes or 27 passes under immense pressure while Arsenal trying to press us for Leroy Sane to tap in at the fire, um, you know, when we actually broke. And we can't do generally that kind of beat the press, you know, really tight spaces against a team that's got five or six against us. So we were struggling a a little bit with that. Um, So I was disappointed. I'm not sure. There weren't many fans booing, you know. It sounded loud on the telly. Uh, I think when they say the City fans were booing, well, that doesn't mean everybody was. It means a few of them were, and you've decided to talk about it. Um, then they come about, you know, they said City fans are booing. You know, Pep afterwards said it's because we were losing. I don't think he tr- truly understood. You know, we're not that in- so entitled. We're not Man United or Liverpool fans. We're not so entitled to think that we uh, can play fantastic and win every game. Okay? We don't think like that. We're not stupid. But we are entitled, as is every other match-going, ticket-buying fan. They're entitled to see passion and desire, intensity, you know, um, from their team. And we weren't seeing that. So there might have been a few boos in for that. But there weren't too many. And most of them were directed at the ref because he was bobbins. Let's go over to Bernard for that that point. Um, It was a little bit weird and surreal to hear boos. Uh, to the city players at halftime. What did you make of that, Bryn? Yeah, I mean, I think back to that Southampton game away at Southampton, where they probably did deserve booing, but I don't. There was not one uh, one sort of jeer or or anything. Uh, yes, where I was in the South Stand, there was certainly no one around us booed, but we did hear boos uh, mainly from uh, what we, what you'd call the main stand, is it? In the old days, obviously with, with Main Road, obviously the the tunnel side, if you like. Uh, it seemed to emanate from there in the main, uh, but as as Ray said, there it was, 
It was, uh, it wasn't thousands, if it was uh, two or three hundred perhaps, and obviously I've uh, I've seen people on Twitter today saying I, I was in the family stand, I didn't hear any booing, blah, 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 so it's certainly been blown out of all proportion, as everything for City is, and uh, I think the frustration, and Ray said there, the referee was awful, as, as most of these referees are this year, we've got rid of some of the older guys, and some of these these guys who are more inexperienced, you know, the, the, we're getting referees now that have only sort of ref City four or five times on average, you know, so you're getting a more inexperienced referee. And yes, it, I think some of the boos would have been for that. I think there would have been some boos for the way we played because we were awful. But uh, yeah, it's sort of taken out of context. It, it was uh, not many at all compared to how many. I mean, most, most of the most of the uh, loud City fans were at the bar having a drink by that time anyway. So they weren't booing. So uh, just, just a few tourists perhaps who uh, thought it'd be funny. Well, Ray, um, the, the two Scottish uh, stalwarts on ESPN FC, Stevie Nicol and uh, Craig Burley, were absolutely convinced that at this point Pep would send on the cavalry, but he didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. What did you think? Uh, I thought Pep would send on the cavalry. I thought, you know, uh, KDB, everybody was saying KDB is going to be coming on because, you know, he is the, when when he's on form, he is the one-man cavalry. We thought maybe Bernardo would come on for his, you know, extra zip, um, you know, because we were, we were shocking. Uh, and maybe Foden, you know, looking at maybe those three, maybe not all of them, but we were we needed a, a sea change because I said at half time, I, I, this is my tweet, I said um, we might come back to win this, but I, I, I still expect to see some pep out hashtags on Twitter at the end of the game because you know I couldn't see how we and I said I couldn't see how we're going to come back into this game because we'd show nothing really apart from those two. Chances for Haaland. Wind showed nothing in that game whatsoever. Um, uh, and, and that was a, a concern. We, I, I've always said for City, we've got to match the opposition for desire, work rate. We've got to want it as much as they want it. And if we do, if we can show all that, our quality will generally shine through and we'll win. But if we drop off, if, we, if other teams want it more than us, like Southampton... When we played Southampton, they, you know, they wanted it more than we did, and we got beat, and we looked awful. So we've got to, you know, you can't be complacent. And you know, Pep's talks about this. You know, we won four Premier Leagues in five years. Some players are not at it. Some players have dropped off. They haven't got the same passion um, because they've seen us come back from tough situations. They've seen other players um, do the business, and maybe some of them are just resting a little bit on their laurels. And I think uh, the fact Rico Lewis is playing so many games, um, the fact Nathan Aki's at left-back playing games uh, instead of uh, Cancelo, um, I think that shows some of the players who have not been at it, um, this, especially since the World Cup uh, finished. Some of the players who, who've been... The ones, for me, who've been dropped a lot, Foden, Walker, Cancelo, Pep called them all out. He threw them all under the bus. He said, attitude's not right, basically. And who are the ones that missed this game? He pulled them out, those three again. So that's a worry. But on the positive side, Rico Lewis looks like he can do the business at right back. Ake is more than competent left back. And Grealish has had a few decent games this in the last half dozen. So 
hey, if those three guys get left out and the three that play do well, doesn't matter. That's you know, if you can't take your chances, um, then it's your hard luck because we've got so many quality players. It's always someone waiting to take your place. Well, Bernard, uh, City did get in the game um, uh, six minutes or so after the restart. Uh, Rico Lewis was quite prominent in this. There's something about Mares, though, um, Bernard. There's <laughs> something about the way that he can move his body, the way that he can drop a shoulder, uh, wriggle his hips, um, <laughs> and, and, and just leave uh, people, like, staggering behind him. I was, like, I was so impressed uh, with with him, uh, not only for this moment, but ob- obviously later. But he's got his his whole body seems to be like made of elastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Ray will talk superlatives in a moment about uh, Mr. Mar, as of course he will. But I tell you what, if you're gonna if you if you're gonna have a 45 minutes like he did, that 45 minutes were. As, as near perfect as you're ever going to see from a, a, a winger, if you like, and a, a player. You know, he, he was involved, not just score, he was involved in all four goals at some stage or other. Absolutely, absolutely stunning. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Spurs had come back on that pitch. I thought they looked quite confident. they come out early for the second half. I thought this is going to be a bit of a struggle, this. But fortunate, fortunately... Uh, Mares just inspired the rest of us, and of course, on 51 minutes, um, yeah, I must admit, I thought, I thought it was going to get blown up. I thought, I thought uh, uh, Gundogan went up for it, don't he? And he sort of looped up, but I thought Grealish was going to get pulled back because he sort of, sort of challenged Larice, and I thought, I thought the ref's going to blow for a foul because he's foot, you know, foot on the keeper, which would have been unfair. But I, you know, it's not like us to sort of get away with that. There's no quibble from. T- Spurs all credit to him. They didn't. They didn't worry about it. But after Gundogan made a nuisance of himself, Grealish made a nuisance of himself, and of course, our Argentine, never mind the Algerian prince. We've got an Argentinian prince who knows how to score, doesn't he? And he took it really well, put it over the defender's head, didn't he? Just just into the roof of the net, uh, and a fantastic goal. Six minutes into the second half, it, it's game on, and totally inspired by our Algerian prince, who, who I'll leave to Ray to to comment on. <laughs> So he, 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 he's like um, his, he's like a kind of contortionist, the way that he can move that body of his. Oh, he had Mares. Well, and when you're talking about, when you say something about Mares, I thought you're going to say something about Mary. We've got uh, Ben Stiller playing Ted Stroman on, on the left and Mares, uh, Cameron Diaz on, on the right as Mary Jensen. Uh, sorry, to, if, you, if you're too young to remember that film from the uh, late 90s, um, but I'm sure you watched it a few times, guys. Um, but no, Mar- Maris was was fab. Maris made that second half for City. You know, um, dropping the shoulder. The one thing for me from the start of that second half, I think we showed a little bit more, a little bit more intensity, passion, call it, uh, desire. And Maris and um, Grealish were taking on the defenders. And I don't remember that too much in the first half or in other games. They were taking him on because they'd been double double teamed up, okay? So whenever they got the ball, two players are coming out. I saw Grealish at least twice take two men on and beat them. Two men beat them um, comfortably. So that was fantastic. Mares was ripping. Uh, I think Perisic had had, a, obviously, a decent first half. 
Um, but he started ripping him to pieces in the second half, and the Tottenham defence just couldn't cope with Riyad Mahrez's. Um, and it, it's interesting because they haven't got the pace, but they've got the guile, both Grealish and Mahrez, that, that you know, bewitching uh, um, where they move. Their, like you say, swivel the hips and, and, all, and all that. Um, and, a, and a drop of the shoulder, a faint here, a slight of hand there. And wow, they're gone. Uh, and Mahrez basically was, the, the, obviously, was, he ended up man of the match. You know, no spoiler alert here. He scored two goals <laughs> and was involved in that first goal as well. So he had a brilliant second half. Uh, and uh, uh, as you'd expect, all the Algerian fans were on social media after the game, giving it large uh, about Riyad Mahrez. But hey, look, the guy deserved it. He scored five goals in four games. I, I, I in the previous games, I said, look, we haven't beaten much. And Maris, you know, he scores a penalty. We've beaten Chelsea for no, well, it's no biggie. Um, but he's the one who's scoring the goals, getting the assists. He's the one who's actually been the most consistent in the last four or five games. Bernard, it must be, um, I would imagine, as a defender, it must be a nightmare. A nightmare to, to kind of defend against Mares because he, he like, the 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 shifts that he can uh, make with his body at that speed is just incredible. Yeah, well, it's his movement, isn't it? I mean, we, we you know you can defend against Mares quite easily when he's not moving, when he's not at pace, you know, when he's stood around and trying trying to create. But he never stopped. He never stopped moving last night. I mean, that was that was the difference. You know, he was passing balls on and laying them off and moving into space. Uh, it just for me, it was just it was just like a man possessed, uh, and uh, of course we want to see a lot, more, a lot more of that going forward. And, and you know, we know Mares. Some sometimes he can just disappear, and you don't see him for a long time. Then he'll do a fantastic uh, collection of the ball out on the wing, and then put something into the middle. But this this was just a stunning performance. He's, he's only decided himself to to drag the whole team. And lead the whole team by example. He, he, he just never really stopped. He's 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 jinking and he's twisting and he's turning. When he when he stood still doing it, it's not as effective. But when he's when he doesn't stop, when he doesn't stop to take 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 a breath and just carries on moving all the time, he feeds the ball, gets it back, one twos all over the place. It, it was just a joy to watch. It was a joy to watch, and whether he will eventually reach the the. You know those elevated heights of like Samir Nasri. We will, <laughs> we, 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 we will judge. But uh, Ray, um, does elevated <laughs> heights mean you have a dream of ordering his shirts with his? You know, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm kidding. But uh, Ray, um, it, it was only like a couple of minutes later, and suddenly we were level. And this time. It's like that guy that like like Bernard hates so much is Erling Haaland. What's that? So I missed that. Something about Erling Haaland. Yeah, <laughs> something about Erling Haaland. Yeah, <laughs> something about Erling Haaland. Uh, well, um, <laughs> totally a, a <laughs> question, but and, and making my own up, slightly doing an exam. Um, so ha- Haaland obviously missed those two chances in the first half. You know, and uh, I, I think he got some deserved criticism, certainly from me. Uh, and I'm unanimous in he deserved that criticism because he didn't look like scoring. And, you know, from a poor first half, there were two good opportunities. Uh, but the guy's there. He's always going to put himself about. He was in the right place at the right time. Um, 
to pick up. And I'm trying to remember that how we scored that second goal. There was um, Maris passed it to was it Rodri? It passed it inside to Rodri. He went on the run. The Tottenham defender just let him go. I, mean, I think Rodri put the ball back, uh, chipped it back in um, for Maris to run onto. Maris got his head on it, headed it across to Haaland, and Haaland just put it past Larice. And Haaland, I think, really enjoyed that goal. You know, he's under probably some of the more, most pressure he's been in his career. He went through, I think, 1.5 games to Dortmund without scoring. But this is big. Three games without scoring for City after the start he's had. You know, Harry Kane's catching him up, you know, in the scoring tables. Um, and from looking um, like, uh, How far behind is he in the scoring tables? About eight or something. You know. <laughs> but, but he's catching him while Haaland's not scoring. But, no, from looking like he might score 40 to 50 league goals this season, you know, he was back to just a, a smidgen over one goal a game, uh, which is still incredible. But, you know... The guy was scoring hat-tricks and, and, and braces early in the season. He's not doing it now. And he's he, he's struggling a bit in front of goal. So, um, I'm really pleased he scored. Not just for my fantasy football team because he's captain. But I think uh, about probably about uh, half the people in that competition have him as captain. Uh, so, they're all suffering with us. But hopefully his confidence... I think his confidence was, was not there. Hopefully it's there now. Hopefully he's, um, you know, getting his form back. He's... He's, and, and, and against Wolves, he, he does the business at the weekend. So um, it was good to see him on the score sheet. Good to see how much it meant to him and how much, if you watch some of the stuff after the game, how much it meant to him uh, winning that game. Um, you know, we, we need him firing. We need him scoring uh, plenty of goals again uh, to help us keep winning. Well, uh, that, that was the, uh, the second goal for City in the 50, 53rd minute. And... Um, Bernard, apparently the uh, the guys who are employed on the sidelines who can actually, you know, read players' lips and, and figure out what they're saying, apparently um, Erlen, Erling Haaland um, sent you a message on Twitter saying, eat my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did the big lummox. So, I mean, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with my big lummox. I, I, I like, I, I love him as a bloke. I love him as a footballer. I love him as a fan because he just, he just looks like he's a fan playing football, and that's what I love about him. And that was a superb goal. I mean, it was a one-two with Rodri, was it? Rodri, Rodri, absolutely. Yeah. He can produce these little clips, can't he? His little chips, if you like, absolutely fantastic. It's such a, and everyone's moving. Everyone's moving. Tottenham have got Tottenham had ten men in the, their last third, at least ten men for for all these attacks for both goals, and, and obviously for for goals to come. They they were defending in numbers, but they, they were like little ants. City the city players like you know Alvarez and even Lewis was getting involved. They're like little. With Lance running all over the place, and Tottenham just couldn't, he couldn't man mark anyone, he couldn't find anyone. So, I say, uh, certainly Mara's inspired for me, but the team as a whole was believing at last, was believing what we weren't doing in the first half. All of a sudden, it, it was working in the second half with the same players. Uh, you know, how do you explain it? I don't know. Obviously, words of words of wisdom from Pepper half time. I have no idea. But the same eleven players are absolutely garbage in the first half. Uh, we're, we're just just tremendous, just tremendous in the uh, certainly for that start of the second half and, and throughout that second half. And so from that point, uh, Ray, it was quite funny because it seemed like that Grealish was trying to do his best. To do uh, Amara's impression, like 
you know, uh, shaking the hips and going down the left-hand side. And then we, we got this, on the 56th minute, an absolute screamer from Mares. It was like literally inches wide. This guy was beginning to to take over the game, I think, at that point. Absolutely. Was, the second half was, was his game, you know. Um, and he was uh, he was on fire. He was causing trouble most of the time that he got the ball. And it was, at this point, you want the ball to go out to Mahrez. You wanted it to go out to Grealish. Because they were creating havoc. They were causing damage. And, uh, you know, so he, he was having shots and... That third goal, I might as well roll onto that. That came along. Uh, uh, hopefully, I've not missed anything. Might have missed one. Miss. Just go back. Just go back to the Perisic effort, mate. That uh, was saved by Lewis. Yeah, that, I was going to say. I think I've missed one important one. I, yeah. So per, that Perisic one, where you know Aki was caught. I would say a little out of position. Um, Kane did well because Kane did what Kane does against Manchester City. He drops back. Um, so he drops back, so a defender goes with him a little bit and someone else nips through, usually Son uh, or Moura, uh, and this time, time it's Kulishevsky, nips through um, out wide this time, uh, totally free. So he skips down the wing. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember who's, was it Rodri or whoever was coming back, trying to put some pressure on him. He slowed down as the uh, player came across, as City player came across, and then he sped up again and he left him for dead. Pulled the ball back, you know, everybody was charging in, piling into that six-yard box, trying to stop the cross across the box. And he just actually pulled it back to the far post. Perisic came in. I don't think he did anything wrong with this shot. Um, was putting it at the far <laughs> What was now Erison's near post <laughs> to come from the other post. Lewis was legging it across. And Perisic, uh, I think, did it all right. Uh, but it hit. Uh, Lewis or Lewis made it hit him and it ricocheted onto the I think the crossbar or the uh, junction of the crossbar and the post and uh, bounced clear um, I mean that was just remarkable it, you know we might look look back um, at the end of the season I hope we do and think this was that John Stones moment if you remember that game against Liverpool on the 3rd of January 2019 was it 11 um, centimetres. <laughs> 11 millimetres, Mike, wasn't it? Millimetres, millimetres sorry. Yeah. Yeah, a, a details matter. Uh, and um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, we might look back at that, um, you know, as this is that moment, because if Perisic scores, then we're on, obviously we're losing, we're on the back foot again, and can we uh, bounce back again? But we got away with it. Um, and, and then obviously not too long afterwards, we got that third goal, so I'll, I'll pass the baton onto onto um, Bernard for this one. Then, well, well, we'll, well, just go over to Bernard. Sixty third minute, uh, City take the lead, and this is an an object lesson in uh, in in wing play. I think uh, the the ability to drop the shoulder. You've not seen anything like that since Jimmy Greaves. I mean, that was that was that was just sensational. Uh, Bernard, what did you think? I can't. What? Which player was it that he saw and the ball came across and he sort of nipped, nipped it in front of? Who, who was that? That he, I can't it, remember the players. Yeah, he just he did uh, he did Perisic, and then just uh, romped okay. into the box, dropped a shoulder to get past. Uh, I think it was Kevin Davis, and then uh, ben, uh, he he, ben he Davis. just ben Davis played for yeah, sorry Ben Davis oh. just sent him. 
sent him back home, and you, 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 that that you just don't see that that often these days. I think all credit, all credit, though, to Larice, because <laughs> we've, we've um, come on, Bernard, come on. It's about poetry, keepers. You, I told, I told you, you should retire gracefully now because psychologically and mentally, he's gone now. Larice is gone. He's not. He's he's not going to be. He needs to be taken out of the firing line. Uh, fantastic from Mars, of course it was, but I'm sorry, Louise shouldn't, shouldn't have been, in, in the same way we've seen it happen to Edison, we've seen it happen to goalkeepers, we've seen it happen to Edison, I'm sure we've seen it happen this season to Edison, when he, get, he gets caught at that near post, he, he can't be getting beat at that near post, but all credit, I mean, we were in the south stand and we just, I just looked, we just looked at each other, me and my lad, because we have no idea how it went in from our angle, and obviously when you watch it, obviously from the different angles on, on the telly, yeah, you can see how it went in, but it just shouldn't. It just shouldn't have gone in. That that Larice is is gone. He's gone. I'm sorry. Larice needs putting out to stud now. Whatever they do with old goalkeepers, <laughs> you know, I didn't get the benefit of that unfortunately when I when I uh, you know because I wasn't a proper professional. Well, 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 go over to Ray. I, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I I I just keep. I know that um, people uh, criticise me uh, for harping on about Jimmy Graves. I've just been watching so many. Uh, videos of him on YouTube, and he he was able to do exactly the same thing. Just that that drop of the shoulder, that uh, it, it it was just sensational. There was no way that Marius was scoring from there, uh, Ray, but but he did. Yeah, look, you, know, you can say it took a little nick, um, but I I mean when I saw it, I thought Marius had gone for the far corner, and I thought, wow, he's done really well there. <laughs> to get it in at the back on, it must be a really tight angle. And it's only afterwards that you find out that he <laughs> post. Look, it was it was great. I, I think Perisic sold himself. I really did. Um, because he went in for a ball that he just didn't get. Uh, and and Mares, whether Mares feigned to go forward uh, and that sent Perisic there, I, I, I can't really tell. But um, he sold himself and Mares was then gone. Yeah, he did that drop of the shoulder. And then with his weaker right foot, uh, he put it in at the near post, and uh, by that stage, uh, it was you know, you're expecting it because the way City had come back, the way I think generally Spurs had crumbled up to that point, um, you could only see you know apart from that uh, that chance for um, Perisic at the other end, you could only really see it going one way. The pressure was with City, uh, we were playing better, as I said, quicker, more incisive football, and you could only see it going that way, but. But, 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 why do City then, when they take the lead, put the foot on the ball and take it easy? I don't understand that. I was saying we need that fourth goal. Spurs will get more chances. We, we're not as good as we used to be at the back. You know, we've let a lot of goals in, almost twice as many as Newcastle in uh, the same number of games. I think they've let in 11 league goals. We've let in 20. Um so we needed that extra goal, but we were just tippy tapping it around at the back. And I'm thinking, why? It's like Everton. You know, why do you leave a team in a game that you should uh, have closed down it? And be, we should have beat Everton. We should we should have been trying to score that second goal against Everton, and we didn't. And they came back and nicked a point. And I was feeling the same. Why are we giving Spurs a chance to get back in this game? We should bury them because they their legs. You know, they'd wobbled. We should be on top of them on their throats. Get that fourth goal. Then the game's done. Well, Bernard, um, one thing that just made me laugh out loud, it was just so funny. 
is the Guardian. And um, on their country, they said, Yoris should have saved that. There was a slight deflection on Mares's shot. I was thinking, oh my gosh, have you ever, have you ever uh, heard um, a commentary on a football game by guys that have never played football before? <laughs> to 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 appreciate what Mares did there, and they're just thinking, oh, it was the goalkeeper's fault. Nothing to do with Mares. <laughs> That's unbelievable. These guys are they're they're, they're I, I mean they're getting paid for for that kind of commentary. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, goalies can only can only react to what happens in front of them, and goalies are not perfect, unfortunately. And of course, uh, you know, if you put that, you hit that ball at pace on target, it may get a little deflection, and that little deflection, that split second, might be good enough to, to fool a goalkeeper. And it's all up to the attacker to make sure he, he puts he puts his foot through it. And this is, I got a bit depressed again with Gundogan last night because. There's a, certainly one in the first half we never talked about it, where he just seems to want to pass it into the net, you know. And if Mares had done that with that shot, uh, Larice would have saved it if he'd have tried to pass it in the net, even if it took a deflection because it it wasn't hit at pace. Uh, so all credit to Mares, but that's that's what you've got to do. And say split, it's all split seconds. A goalkeeper is, you know, I had a go, at, I've had a go at him, of course, I've had a go at him, but that is that is an awful one to try and save. He's he's thinking the ball's going to be played back, he's having to cover his post, he's covering his post, uh, perhaps he yeah, may have managed to stick his foot out or his leg out and got a rebound but knowing Larissa's luck he would have rebounded into the net anyway we know, we know uh, what's happening to him lately but uh, yeah say if you smack that ball hard enough and you, and you have intent then you've got a bloody good chance it's going to go in the net and that's exactly what happened Lots of uh, quick uh, exchange of uh, chances, I think, for both teams, Ray. But you were saying um, how important that it was for City to get a fourth. And they did it uh, in the 90th minute. And it's Mara's again. And this was this this was so satisfying for me because obviously Ederson had um, had screwed up earlier in giving a goal away and he launched one. And I, I I just felt sorry for the defender there, Ray. I don't know who it was, but I mean, I just think... I think it was Langler, is it? Langler? Langley. Uh, Clement Longley, I think, yeah. And um, Sorry for and the, the, the one person that you don't want on the end of a long pass is the best uh, controller of a ball in world football. And it, it was uh, Mares again. I don't understand why you feel sorry for him. I, you know, I don't feel one iota of uh, sorrow for the fella. You know, uh, it, it um, you know rounded off the night. It rounded off Mares' uh, man of the match performance. Long ball from Edison. You know, Langley miscontrolled. I think it did it bounce off his thigh or something. And Mares just picks it up. Gets uh, Hugo Lloris comes out. And well, he, what I'm what I'm saying is Ray that in that situation, I think that like. I would say five, six times out of ten, you're going to get away with it, but not with Mares. Not with Mares, yeah, but still, I still don't feel sorry for the defender. Mares gets the ball, uh, Lloris comes out, and Mares just dinks it over him. And Haaland, take a look at Riyad Mares. 
Look what Riyad Mahrez can do. Um, and that's the way to finish. And, you know, maybe Haaland, Haaland's other chances, he could have done something like that with. But uh, Mahrez finished it with a plum. Um, nice, nice finish. 4-2. And, you know, for the second half performance, I think that's what what we deserved. We deserved, uh, deserved it. Spurs were, quite frankly, awful. You know, they had chances. Look, you've got quality players on the pitch. You've got Son, you've got Kuliszewski, uh, you've got Kane. You're going to have some opportunities. And that's <laughs> dragging them through games. That's why they're still in the top six or something. But by golly, they're an awful team to watch. Well, I would say that you're absolutely right. Um, uh, Bird, one thing that um, gave me a lot, a lot of pre- uh, pleasure was l- looking at... Um, people like Alvarez and people like Holland looking across and seeing what Mares can do, and they're, you know, obviously they are the big cheese in in their own world. But at the moment, he's better than them. Well, yeah, I just said he had, he had the thought that probably the most perfect forty-five minutes, you know, apart from that shot that. Went a little bit wide. He had one of his most perfect forty-five minutes. He certainly had in a sky blue city shirt that and since he, since he joined the club. And yeah, will he do that every every game? Of course, he won't do that every game. But yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with your players being proud of you. And let's face it, he dug us out of a hole two 0 down at half time. We were in a hole, and as I said, I think Mares. His play inspired the whole team in that second half. Uh, a bit disappointed, like Ray was saying there, that we, it took us to the 90th minute to settle the game. I wasn't overly worried at 3-2, but, you know, there's always that possibility, isn't there? We know with still 20-odd minutes left to play. So that was perhaps a little bit disappointing, but I think we're being a bit churlish uh, overall. Uh, thoroughly deserved win against yes, not not, not the greatest, uh, not the greatest uh, top side as far as um, what's expansive play is concerned. Certainly, Conti's Conti's sort of not that sort of style of manager, is he? Well, let's go over to Ray because uh, I think that this is this is this is why we pay you, Ray. Yeah, well, the money's in the post. But anyway, um, Ray, what most people want you to talk about is what was Pep talking about after the game. Well, give us some of his comments. There's so many uh, to pick from. Give me some. It is really, really. He went on quite a rant. Um, uh, he 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 leathered into uh, various players and uh, talked about heart and desire. Yeah, he talked about the fact that we won the Premier League title four times in five years. We haven't got the same passion. He said, give me back my players. These aren't my players because we don't play like that, you know? Um, so, we, we, he talk, I think... It's- right, how, how are you supposed to respond to that if you're a player listening to that? Well, it's it's a psychological thing, isn't it? You know, you, you've got to up your game. There's no two ways about it. You've got to up your game when you hear your manager. He's not naming you individually, like he did with Ford and Walker and uh, Cancelo the other week. But he's naming the you know, having to go at the collective, and you saw how many senior players. I'll say them again: how many senior players were on the bench? KDB, Bernardo Silva, Emerit Laporte, Walker, Cancelo, Foden. People that you'd think, oh, these are shoo-ins. 
And now he's showing them as well, by the fact that they didn't start, that, hey, guys, there are other people <coughs> who do the business instead of you in your place. You ain't going to deliver. There's somebody else. And I've said this for years. That's where we wanted to be. We want to be with two quality players in each position. If the first isn't delivering, someone else takes his place. And they may never, ever get it back. We've seen, you know, spells where Cancelo played right back for, se for several games instead of Walker a couple of seasons back. And, you know, I thought Walker's days were numbered. Cancelo was playing that that good. Um, so it, it's great that they're under pressure. You know, Pep, so Pep had a go at that. He had to go at the fans. I think that's partly because he was asked about that and he didn't understand the booing. He says he wants his fans back. I said, play play attractive football, you'll get your fans back. He said the fans were quiet in for the first 45 minutes. Mate, it, you know, what I think Pep wants is the fans to be noisy for no particular reason, to make a lot of noise. You know, Danny Murphy said, you won't get that uh, Liverpool booing the, 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 the team. Give it a couple of more shite results with Mr Murphy. We'll see what happens, buddy. Um, but he, Pep wants the fans back. Uh, he wants the fans to make a lot of noise in the first half to kind of G the players up. And it's a it's chicken and egg here because we want to see good football, which G's the fans up. And G, you know, uh, once we're G'd up, we G the players up. It's in a nice virtuous circle. So I don't know who's supposed to do it. It's, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't just be the fans. Fans make a lot of noise. Pep did say it's not the away fans. So Pep had a dig at the home fans. You know, he had a pop at them. And um, look, there's there's lots of things to consider here. The fact that it was, I think, 68 quid a ticket. It's ridiculous, the pricing. For a midweek game, you're going to, with all due respect, you're going to get a certain type of fan. You might not be getting the, the fans, you know, who, who struggle to, to afford to go to games, um, paying that sort of uh, brass to go to a game. A lot of people said I would love to have gone. Simply couldn't afford it. Um, so that affects everything. Um, you, what do you do? Do you look at these um, the groups without naming any that uh, of supporters that you know the club talk to? Because they're not, you know, then if if Pep's having to go at the home fans for not making any noise and it was all quiet, then where are the fans? You know, I, I'll say where are those groups of fans who've got the clubs here? Why aren't they making a noise? Where's the singing section? You know, Bernard's probably nearer to it than I am, so he'll know if they were singing much. But why? Now, I've seen it many times at City. We, when we, when sometimes the team need us the most, too many fans are silent. That game back a few years ago, when, um, was it Centurion season, when we, we were beating United 2 0 at half time and we lost 3 2. As soon as United scored, fans went quiet. Second goal went in. It was silent. I mean, I did try and shout uh, some, or, you know, nobody joined in, so I quickly shut up, um, you know, a bit too self-conscious, but nobody was saying that. So there is that issue, you know, it's a different kind of fan base. Every fan base is generally different. And ours are maybe as vociferous as others, um, possibly when we need them to be, you know, when the team's struggling, we need a bit more noise, I think. Um, hopefully, hopefully. Um, Pep will forgive us and the fans will forgive Pep or, or whatever. <laughs> no, but you know, it's um, it's not on, is it? Uh, uh, Bernard, it was an extraordinary uh rant. What, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, it, there's uh, there's things going on, isn't there? I mean, Pep at the end of the day, 
he put an 11, 11 men out there in that game. Um, he didn't make any substitutions at half-time, but that 11 men suddenly turned into world-beaters in the second half. Was it because Tottenham went off the pace? I'm not too sure. So there's problems. There's obviously problems when you got people like KDB and Bernardo on the bench for a big game. And it, it was a big game. It was a big, important game. If you've got, you got to rest a key player, you'd probably rest them for Wolves. You wouldn't, certainly wouldn't rest them for Spurs, one of our so-called bogey teams. So... Things aren't right, and it, it, it's, it's a defence, isn't it? If, you, if you're in a corner, you'll, you'll defend yourself and you'll look for things to criticise other people about. And I, I don't blame Pep for that. He's in a bit of a corner at the moment. There's a bit of pressure from Arsenal. It's not going smoothly for us just at this point in time. And I said that team, team he put out, he, he thought it could do a job. And for 45 minutes, it didn't look as though it could. And for the next 45 minutes, whatever happened at half-time, uh, they did look like world beaters, so he's probably correct. But obviously, he's frustrated with his players, how they played, certainly that first half. Yes, he's going to be frustrated if he hears boos from the crowd, stuff like this. And yeah, I mean, I'm just saying about the playing off the players as well. It was noticeable last night. I mean, I mean, I am an, in the singing section, and I think it's a, a misnomer most of the time because <laughs> lots of people in that singing section just don't sing. It's as simple as that. For me, if you're in the safe, in the in these seats now, these safe standing seats, if you stand up at a game like they do at the away games, if you stand up at a game, you should be expected to sing. It's as simple as that. If you're in one, of, if you're sat in the nice seats at 70, 80 quid, then fair enough. But I'm sorry, there's just not enough City fans in that singing section. Singing, it's very, very disappointing. But again, looking at the Tottenham fans last night, all the noise was coming from the second and third tiers. The, the actual lower tier of Tottenham fans, which is next to where the South Stand singing section is. I mean, they must have had all their tourists in there because they hardly sang the word. So obviously you couldn't, you couldn't relate to the players on the pitch because we were playing rubbish. And you couldn't even have banter with the opposing fans because you couldn't you couldn't hear the Tottenham fans even you know even at, at uh, when they were doing well at two 0 up so it's um, it, it is disappointing I get disappointed but I think the atmosphere has been good this season generally but it was I don't know I mean I was I was cold last night I still shouted but I, I just I just sensed the atmosphere wasn't quite right and that happens sometimes <laughs> it happens and I think Pep gone a little bit over the top with his criticism. I mean, he's been very supportive of the fans, I think, this season in his programme notes and stuff like this. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's, he's had a little go again last night, which is disappointing, in my opinion. Yes, the fans weren't great last night, but we're not always bouncing. We know, we know we're not always bouncing. It was, just, it was just a quiet night. We needed something to happen on the pitch, uh, I think, to get the fans going. And it just didn't happen for 45 minutes. And obviously, it livened up for the second half when you didn't hear a peep out of the Tottenham fans who... To be honest with you, weren't bouncing themselves in the first half. It's only when they went uh, a couple of goals up at half time. So it, it's difficult. But I, I think Pep, again, has, has not alienated fans, but I, I don't think there's any need for it from Pep. It, there's problems there, but, you know, uh, I can understand him being in a corner and, and fighting his corner. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it was necessary. But as I say, I don't think, I don't think the few hundred people who perhaps booed helped. But, uh, yeah, it's it's all a bit of something and nothing, really. Yeah. Well, let's go over to uh, Ray in the section that we call any other business, and um, I, I'm kind of um, I've got a, a weird uh, feeling, uh, Ray. For some reason, Arsenal don't scare me. I I, I just I know that I, I know that they're 
you know, a bunch of points ahead. But there's something about them. There's something about them that doesn't make me worried. I mean, am I wrong to feel like that? Yes. I said last time, they've played 18 games and won 15. They've lost one out of 18 games, and that was to Man United, who they played this weekend. But, Ray, it's Arsenal. Yes. (laughs) Mike, it's Arteta. Arteta's now got rid of the... You know the 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 dross like and the trouble causes like Obama Yang. He's got rid of a, a Pepe. He's got rid of people like uh, uh, Lacazette. Uh, Ozil's gone. A lot of the players that shouldn't be be there have gone. He's got a tight knit unit now. Look how well they're doing with that Gabriel Jesus. So he's got a tight knit unit there playing good football. White feelers to play. Look, they're playing the football that we used to play four or five years ago. Okay, you know this could be another Centurion side. Uh, okay, we hope it isn't, um, but they're they're very very close to that. Um, so if you're going to win 15 out of 18, that's pretty good. They've only lost one, so you've got to give them some credit. I know you're a hard man, Mike. You're a hard man to please. You don't want to give your credit out. But Ray, am I going to have to uh, watch all of these tweets from Pierce Morgan for the rest of the season? Well, 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 Mike, Mike, with all due respect, you're a dick if you follow uh, uh, Piers Morgan on Twitter and 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 pay any attention to what he says. He just keeps popping up on my timeline. Yeah, like like, he's like herpes. He's he never goes away. But what you need to do, Mike, just mute him, mute him, and you will have a little bit more. Spend more time watching the Anfield rap as uh, <laughs> watch that stuff uh, and give Piers Morgan a wide. That's bird. a lot. That's a lot more fun. And I think your life will improve, and hopefully, you won't get herpes by proxy from Piers Morgan. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon, Bernard? Uh, uh, these guys, there, you you view them as a serious threat? Yeah, why not? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're a patch on. Uh, some of our best teams over the last few years. I've watched Arsenal live a couple of times and they play some nice stuff. I don't think they're a part. I think I think the quality of the football in general has perhaps dropped a little bit this season uh, for us and and most other teams. You know, they've not they've not they've put it this way, not come up to our level. Obviously, we've dropped a little bit down to their level. And all credit to Arsenal, they're playing some good stuff and they're winning the games, as Ray said. Uh, but you've got to worry about you've got to worry about them. Uh, they beat United on on Sunday. I mean, I won't mind watching that, but I probably won't be back from the game in time, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, if they do beat United, you know, it's all it's all the confidence. It's a young squad, but the confident and why not? Yeah, the pressure the pressure might get to them. Of course, it might. But at this point in time, yeah, City just have to keep winning. We just have to keep the pressure on and and, and try and make them uh, sort of break at some stage. And that's what we need to do. But it's all in our own hands to actually start. Uh, playing the second 45 minutes that we did last night, playing like that. Uh, and I think, yes, I think we will get the better of Arsenal. I'm still confident. But, uh, yeah, at this point in time, uh, Arsenal, for me, uh, they're just slightly the bookies' favourites now for the first time. City have lost favouritism uh, after the United defeat. Uh, and there's not much in it, 10 to 11 against 11 to 10. So, you know, but I think that's probably fair. I think that's probably a, a reflection on the teams at the moment. But uh, no, I'll, I'll give them full credit. All right, lads. Well, uh, Ray has put the fear of God in us, so <laughs> we better we 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 better take that seriously. Uh, Ray, what's uh, what's next up for City? 
We've got Wolves on uh, Sunday, uh, two o'clock kickoff. Um, uh, Wolves under the new manager, uh, Lopetegui. So they look a, a little bit better than they, they have been uh, um, for most of the season, to be honest. Um, so I think they'll be a tough, another tough proposition. And uh, we've been saying it for weeks. You know, we can't afford to drop points. So we've just got to go out there, get the points. There's no two ways about it. Um, I'd like, as I said before, uh, I'd like a good performance. I'd like Haaland to score again. A couple of goals would be nice. And us to put a dominant performance in because that's what's going to scare Arsenal. The fact that, you know, we can come from two goals down and in 45 minutes of football, spank Tottenham for four goals. Uh, not uh, with seven first team players out, um, that will scare them a little bit. That will worry them a little bit. But those eight points uh, that they've got the lead, you know, uh, lead over us or five points with the game in hand, will give them comfort. But you know, if we start putting up good performances again, then they will start to worry that City are back. City are coming. City have been here before. Look what they did to Liverpool. Look how Man United cried. You know, um, actually it reminds me of. Uh, Something I saw today, one of the best Premier League moments on Twitter was uh, Stevie G slipping and uh, Denver Bar scoring. So, you know, it messed up uh, their title challenge. City coming at you like a train, not looking like we're going to stop. That's what I want to see. Go through that phase where we win six or seven games comfortably, handsomely, and that will be what puts pressure on Arsenal. Uh, it was a, a very nice quote from uh, uh, Chris Sutton, who was um, uh, on the Daily Mail giving advice to um, the uh, uh, the people who are chasing for the title. Talked about Manchester City and said, you know, you've won like uh, 16 points on the balance this season. Uh, not this season, but season uh, before. You've won like 15 games, 12 games. Just do it again, guys. Just do it again, and you can win this title again. Um, uh, Bernard, let's go over to any other business and final thoughts. Yeah, not really. I mean, obviously, as, as we say about the Wolves game, he's, he's, I think the as the team is down at the bottom, the bottom five or six, at least they're picking up points. So they have it some form since coming back from the World Cup. I think they've won a couple, drawn one and lost one. So they're not doing, they're not doing too bad, but we should be able to to get through them. Uh, I've just I've just seen a little thing on any other business on is it the Mag the Mag website uh, the Mag the Newcastle fan website saying will Newcastle fans be, ever be as as bad as City fans and ungrateful as City fans because of all this last night? It's, you know it's just so blown out of proportion. It's absolutely What's ridiculous. That on the Mag? The oh, mag, yeah, they're saying they'll, they'll never be like us, you know. Uh, if they get with all these trophies, and you, you know, they'll they'll never boo the managers when when things aren't quite going right after yeah, years yeah. and years yeah. of success. So, uh, I, I, yeah. I saw them sticking. Yeah, they'll just riot, mate. I mean, Newcastle fans will just riot. They won't boo. They'll just wreck the place. That's what no, they no, do no, when no. they're angry. So it's the same way yeah. they stood behind their club when they had Mike Ashley. You might not like him and all that. They didn't stand behind him. The same way they never ever supported Steve Bruce. The mag. Because they didn't understand what was going on last night, they can kiss my ass. 
Yeah. And uh, as you said, so, that's what you get. Well, that's what you get with this and people blowing things out of proportion. And it is a, it is totally annoying. But uh, I, I know Newcastle, Newcastle fans won't change if it if it, if it if it starts to go wrong at any stage. As I say, they, they won't just boo. They'll wreck the place because that's what they here's do. The thing. Here's the thing. Okay, before just a, a feeling in the last twelve months, six to twelve months, before they got the money, they were like City fans, you know. When we were down, downtrodden, and everybody felt sorry for us and all that, now they got the money. They're throwing it about a bit, like some City fans, you know. Uh, oh, we'll never be like you. We know where our roots are and all that gubbins. But they're having a pop at us, you know, without understanding what's going on because they feel, in, you know, entitled to. I, I think if Mike Ashley was still there, they wouldn't have, the Mag wouldn't have said that. They wouldn't have said yeah, what they yeah. said. You know they wouldn't have been interested. Now they want to show that they're better fans than us. They can they can do one. A couple of things I want to mention. Some of that's just come up, and it's not to do with City, but it's it's interesting. Juventus uh, have been deducted 15 points by an Italian court. Investing Ooh. investigating their transfer dealings, um, they've dropped from third to 11th in Syria. Wow! Wow! That, that story's uh, hot off the press. Well, uh, listen, guys, it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, chat with you about this game. Wonderful uh, to hear from uh, Ray and Bernard. But I think we're probably going to knock it on the head here. And we'll be back with you after the next game. And so we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, have one on us. And up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues, guys. Up, up the, the blues, blues, guys. <laughs>